Today, our scripture reading is Isaiah chapter 1, verse 1 to 20. Sermon passage is Isaiah chapter 1, verse 1 to 20. I will read it for you. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of the Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, king of Judah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. Children have I reared and brought up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its honor, and the donkey its master's creep, but Israel does not know. My, un- my people do not understand. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, offspring of evildoer, children who deal corruptly. They have forsaken the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They are utterly estranged. Why will you still be struck down? Why will you continue to rebel? The whole whole head is sick, and the whole heart is faint. From the sole of the foot even to the head, there is no soundness in it. The bruise and sores and then raw wounds. They are not pressed out or bound up or softened with oil. Your country lies desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. In your very presence, foreigners devour your land. It is desolate as overthrown by foreigners. And the door of the Zion is left like a booth in vineyard, like a lodge in a cucumber field, like a besieged city. If the Lord of hosts have not left us a few survivors, we should have been like Sodom and become like Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord. You rulers of the Sodom, give ear to the teaching of the, our God, your people of Gomorrah. What to me is the multitude of the, your sacrifices, says the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of well-fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of the bulls, or of lambs, or of gods. When you come to appear before me, who has required of you this trampling of my courts? Bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and the calling of the convocations. I cannot endure iniquity and solemn assembly. Your new moons and your appointed feats my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I'm weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourself clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to good. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Thou, your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Thou, though they are, like, they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing, to obedient, willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword, 
for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we humbly ask you to open our eyes, ears, and hearts so that we can clearly discern your will and obey it with our faith. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. After my son Jeremiah became five years old, his acquisition and an application of language exploded. In fact, uh, his ability to listen and learn new uh, vocabulary and phrase in different uh, situations and understand the meaning of the words efficiently to apply and use it to another similar context surprised me immensely, just amazingly. So about a month ago, while reading uh, the book of Joshua during daddy and children's worship time, I preached a sermon about a person named uh, Akan. I don't know how to pronounce it. It is from the book of Joshua, who stole the things... uh, after the war, which God forbade, which caused him to his death by stone. The overall lesson my children learned was that God wants uh, us to full obedience. And at the end of my sermon, and can you roughly guess my son's final just uh, reaction was? That day, Jeremiah asked me uh, on several occasions the same question, so that Achan was hit by stone because he stole the things, right? He questioned and questioned and questioned, same question. And in this moment, the teaching of the justice arose in his heart. And now even while watching a movie, he would say when a bad character comes out, then he has to say that he has to be stoned and collapsed and punished and destroyed. The problem was that he started using, I said I marveled, marveled by his just using in different contexts. He started using these words of phrase towards people who did not agree, who did not agree with his opinions and made him upset. This happened a lot, especially when he quarreled with his younger sister, Evangeline, this over small toys, even a mere piece of the trash or box, just Amazon box delivery. So repeatedly, my wife and I taught Jeremiah the importance of the kindness in words and action towards those who may disagree, disagree with him or make him angry. Nevertheless, Jeremiah just would repeatedly uh, use a phrase, stoned or collapsed or punished or destroyed and destruction So towards others, so it burned my anger often. One day while correcting him, I was reminded by the Holy Spirit, Joe, are you aware of your repeated sin? Just Holy Spirit remind, just why just I'm correcting him. So it led me to opportunity to search on the topic of rebellion and in which I stand here to share. Uh, the prophet Isaiah in the text we read today is a call to be a, a prophet who proclaims the word of God uh, to the Israelites who repeatedly and consistently rebelled against the Lord. As a contemporary person with the prophet Micah, and his ministry was initiated in the ears of the king Uzziah's death, as recorded in Isaiah chapter 6 1. And he works during the days of the Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. 
According to uh, uh, sorry, Jewish tradition, he is estimated uh, that Prophet Isaiah served until Hezekiah's son, uh, King Manasseh. If we so calculate, the ministry period is up to 60 years before Christ, 739 to 686, so it is about around 60 years, so it is long term. His name means Yeshua, Yahoo. Yeshua, Yahoo. Yahweh is a salvation. So he is a prophet, he is a prophet who proclaims the only Jehovah is a salvation. According to the one commentary, Isaiah was a prophet who knows how to make excellence use of, use of the, his abundant and expressive ability of vocabularies and images. Just, it is very opposite of me. <laughs> um, as Apostle Paul was a scholar in New Testament era, the sentence of the prophet Isaiah is said to be unmatched. His writing consists of 2,186 different vocabulary words. Examples of this can be seen in the following books of the Bible. In Jeremiah, Jeremiah used 1,653. Ezekiel, 1,535. Psalm, it's long, but it's 2,170 words. So, Just Isaiah using over 2,000 words, which means that his vocabulary ability is excellence. Just he's a scholar at the time. Today, after uh, looking at the passage with the two core topics found in text, which rebellion of the Israelites and then God's character too, and then I would like to close today's sermon with the answer to the question, will you continue to rebel the prophet Isaiah's question? Let us see verses 2 to 3. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. For the Lord has spoken. Children have I reared and brought up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. First topic is rebellion. Rebellion is a representative of humanity. Of the Old Testament, it is very dominant. You can you can find this rebellion throughout the whole book of the Old Testament. In Hebrew, it is pesha. The new uh, the new International Dictionary of the Old Testament Theology and Exegesis explain this word as follows: To rebel carries the idea of covenant treachery. Although an act of pesha rebellion often Signifies, uh, signifies a breach of the law, a breaking. Legal offense also represents a violation of an existing covenantial relationship. The concept rebellion exists in the same way as a human history from the time of the Old Testament Genesis, man's fall, and will continue until the second coming of Jesus Christ. As the definition above, rebellion is a betrayer of the relationship and covenant. If you look at verse 3, the rebellion of Israel is not even the same level as the ox and donkey in which they move by the instinct which God created. Oxen and donkeys recognize their masters, their master and are grateful for their food. They do their best to complete the task 
their, that their owner commands. When humans rebel, we can see the nation, the people, and their children despise the Lord, as in verse 4 of the text. The people of Judah were people who opened their eyes in sin, ate to sin, made sin their profession, and sin as their values and identity. So what is your job? Sin. What do you do? Sin. So what is your habit? Sin. Just all around, just their, their identity and their values are set on sin. What is truly said part is that according to the description of the prophet Isaiah in verses 5 to 9, because of the rebellion of the people of Judah, God had already disciplined them, not judged them, but disciplined them to correct them, to come to the Lord over and over again. But, the, but they did not get out of the way and did not realize their sin. The problem and was even though they were being disciplined, they did not know, they did not recognize. They were disciplined and then they did not recognize. They disciplined and they did not recognize. And it's over and over again. The characteristic of the sacrifices offered by these rebel, rebels was the following. Someone number one, because they did not listen to God's word and then were not interested in God's law. Second, contrary to the basic purpose of the message that God allows sacrifice of the animals in order to realize a series of sins, God gave the sacrificial sacrificial. Just offering is to recognize their sin, seriousness of sins, but they do not recognize. Rebellious Israelites distorted this truth that God would like to eat blood and then just oil. Reduce the blood of cattle, sheep, and various animals and oil by identifying God with the non-living Gentile gods as the same that our God, our God loves blood and oil. Small third, even in the place of the offering sacrifice to God, even during the offering, their mind, still their offering in the, in the worship place, their half or just the other minds are thinking about the sin. Fourth, it hurts the heart of the God, heart of God even more, makes God despise their offering, and makes the heart of God heavy. Fifth, They are rebellious people who take sin as their business. What do you do? Sin. What is your job? Sin. Their values, their identities are set on sin. For reference, there is an expression in the book of Isaiah um, that clearly points out what is in the hearts of the people. And every time I read it, I marvel to see how well the prophet Isaiah expressed the hearts of those corrupted people. And I just print, uh, I gave you a little print that you can see in the paper that it is from Isaiah chapter 5, verse 12. They have lyre and harp, tambourine and flute, a flute, and wine and at their feast, but they do not regard the deeds of the Lord or see the work of his hands. Isaiah chapter 22, verse 12 to 13. In that day, the Lord God of hosts called for weeping and mourning, for burdenness and wearing sackcloth. And behold, 
joy and gladness, killing oxen and slaughtering sheep, eating flesh and drinking wine. Hey, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Isaiah 29, 13. And the Lord said, Because these people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me, and their fear of me is a commandment taught by man. Second topic is God. He is faithfulness, holiness, and Lord of hosts. Unlike the rebellious Israelites, there are several words in the text to describe, to describe God. Children I have reared and then brought up, verse 2. In Hebrew, Isaiah used two verbs, gada and then rom, to grow and then to raise up. Pretty similar meaning. When we see that God carefully cared for the seed of the promise which began with Abram until it grows well and become just mature tree, became a grand nation. So we can see that God faithfully take care of this small seed and then grow and grow, grow and become great nation, Israel. So we can see that he's a faithfulness from this text. Second, the Holy One of Israel, Kadosh Israel. As an important theme in the book of Isaiah, this phrase, Kadosh Israel, the Holy One, Holy One of Israel, is used uh, 25 times in Isaiah. It was Isaiah's uh, favorite divine title for God. When, I, when you pray, what title that you use? Just usually I use Precious Father or Heavenly Father, I use it. But for Isaiah, he using the Holy One of Israel. He used this divine title. He loved this divine title. There are important passages we, we need to know about this word holy. Let's uh, take a moment to look at these passages. I just I gave a tr- just a print. Holy nation. It is from Exodus chapter nineteen, verse five to six. Goi kadosh. Now therefore, if you would indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasure and possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. Holy people, it is from Deuteronomy 7, 6. Am Kadosh. For you are a people holy, Am Kadosh, to the, your, to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be people for his treasure possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. Holy seed, Jerach Kodesh, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 13. And though a tenth remained, it will be burned again like a, a terebinth and an, or an oak, whose stump remains when it is felled. The holy seed, Jerach Kodesh, is its stump. You can see that God really wants to see a holy nation, Goi Kadosh, O holy people, Am Kadosh, and a holy seed, Zerah Kodesh. On the other hand, in reality, as we see, as we saw in verse 4, sinful nation, Goi Hate, Hate means sin. 
people, am kebed awon, or people laden with iniquity and the seas, offspring of the evildoers, jera meraim. So we can differentiate. Just God wants us to be holy, but Israel keeps sinning and sinning, sinning. On the one hand, there is a phrase written written about God that is repeated in repeated six times in Isaiah. For the reference, it appears eighty-one times in Book of Jeremiah. It is third. It is just third point that the Lord of Hosts, Yahweh Chevaot. Verse eight and nine, and the door of Zion is left like a booth in a vineyard, like a lodge in cucumber field, like a besieged city, if the Lord of hosts, Yahweh Chebaot, have not left us of too few survivors, we should have been like Sodom and become like Gomorrah. In the context of the passage, when Assyrian army came in the days of the king Hezekiah, all other cities of Judah were destroyed, and only Jerusalem was left. Also, northern Israel and Aram and all neighboring countries are destroyed. What happened to Jerusalem? According to Second uh, Kings uh, 19.35, And that night the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when people arose early in the morning, behold, they, these were all dead bodies. If Yahweh Chebaot did not protect Jerusalem. What would have become of Jerusalem? God is the Lord of hosts. Unlike the rebellious Israelites, God is faithful. Because God is holy, he wants us to be, his children to be holy. If the Israelites go to the Lord of hosts, if we go to Lord of hosts, there will be salvation because God is the Lord of all armies. At this time, I would like to ask the question of the prophet Isaiah that I gave as a title of today's sermon. Why will you continue to rebel? As I just um, interpret this question, is there a chance that you can be changed? When I just, Jeremiah, make a serious Serious, serious uh, mistakes or just make a mess that, hey, Jay, can you stop? And then can you think about yourself? Why will you continue to rebel? Is there any chance that you can be changed? Looking at the hearts of the Israel today passage, the answer is clear. It is irredeemable. Human rebellion means irreparable. So it was impossible for the Israelites to cleanse themselves of sin as God speaks in the today passage in verses 16 to 70. Wash yourselves. They cannot. Verse 18. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Thou, your sins are like a scarlet. They shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. What a beautiful invitation from God in verse 18. Even at the invitation of God, the Israelites were in the state of the irresponsibility. 
unable to abandon evil deeds, even at this opportunity of grace from God. Because of the rebellion of Israelites, the actual calling God gave the prophet Isaiah was not to proclaim repentance. People repent. No, that was not calling of Isaiah. Isaiah 6, 9 to 10. And he said, it is in the paper, he said, go and say to these people, keep on hearing but do not understand. Keep on seeing but do not perceive. Make the heart of these people dull and their ears heavy. They're the blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. God attempt, attempt, attempt numerous times, but Israel rejected him over and over again. Finally, God did not give them understanding of eyes, ears, and heart. Last verse we need to pay attention today is verse 19. Uh, last verse is uh, 19 to 20. Let us look at together, 19 to 20. If you are willing to obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse to rebel, you shall be eaten by sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. As you can see, it is a conditional clause. This covenant is the covenant recorded in Deuteronomy 28, the Old Testament, and is at the covenant of the blessing and curse. Blessings for obedience, curses for disobedience. For disobedience, according to Leviticus 26, God will strike Israel. Don't come back. And he added up sevenfold. Don't come back. And he added up sevenfold. And sevenfolds and sevenfolds. Cursing and cursing and cursing and cursing. How could the fallen nation of Israel at the time put themselves away from evil and then wash themselves and stand right before God? Holy God. In this regard, I cannot express how grateful we are whenever we think of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who made a new covenant possible in this Advent season. I printed in the uh, paper, it's Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hands to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that, by, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law, my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and his na- each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. The Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sins no more. Jesus Christ, who made this new covenant possible, said directly in Luke 
chapter 22, verse 20, this cup that is poured out for you, it is a new covenant in my blood. As a commentator interprets this verse, I was very grateful as I meditated over the past week for the fact that Jesus poured his blood Jesus poured his blood into our dead hearts. Hey, hey, I will die tomorrow, so let us eat and then drink. For us who live with this state of mind, who will stop the curse of the Holy God on our behalf? Jesus saved us by pouring out his blood, life, his life on our bodies. On our dead hearts, a simple rotten heart. Today is the first Sunday of Advent, a season to thank Jesus for coming to this earth in the flesh, in which someday He will come, He will return again. Let us give our sincere thanks to the Lord. Today, I would like to close my sermon with a testimony of our, of the power of this love of Jesus. As some of you may know already, my parents are currently missionaries in Cambodia. And last Monday, my mother sent me a message of thanks and tears. Uh, A grandmother and two children lived in the house right next to the church where my parents serve. This family attends church. The grandchildren are teenagers, 13 and 15 years old, but the unfortunate thing was that the mother was uh, seriously ill. The average life expectancy in Cambodia is about uh, 68 years old when I search on Google. Google. But it is said that uh, this number, my parents said that the number drops significantly down when it goes, goes to countryside. If you go to countryside, this number is down a lot. Many poor people in countryside in Cambodia usually eat once, once a meal, one, one meal a day, and consists of the soup and rice, and eggs are very rare. So, and then just one, as I just, I visit Cambodia three months there, and I visit there uh, uh, just one pack of the two dozen of the eggs was four dollars. Just four dollars is uh, one labor day. Just if I work full day, it is a four dollars. So they cannot buy these eggs. It is difficult for them to survive uh, past certain age. So my parents said that usually in countryside is around fifty just 50, and then most people die. When my parents heard an ambulance beep, and coming to in neighborhood on Monday, the villagers crowded. Just people come to their house, the, the house next to church. And the destination was the next door to the church. The patient was the mom who was ill. Hearing the story, doctor at the hospital said that she, uh, she had no hope of living, so she was sent home to spend her remaining time with her family. It was a hopeless situation where people already assumed and, and people saying that she already died, she already died. 
because she had been unconscious. She she already like unconscious. So people say that she already passed away. My mother looked at her very quite uh, looked at her her chest and then silence, and then she noticed that she kept breathing. The mom is keep breathing, kept breathing. So she asked people to quiet. And then urge my parents, urge Cambodian pastor to pray. Just pray. Pray to interest her soul to the Lord. Lord, receiving her soul. That was their prayer. After praying, my mother trimmed trimmed, uh, her nail and toenails that had not been cut for a long time. Because she was in the hospital. I'm the one who usually cut nails for my family. I cut my nails and toenails for my son and daughter, even my wife. My mom does too. My dad too. But I never, never expect that she would cut um, very, uh, dirty, dirty uh, nails. Because she's very sensitive. So when I read the message, I was surprised. What? You did? And, she, and then God pouring out his compassion to my mom's heart at the time. So she cut the nails and then toenails. And then, and then we, the words that, Preya Yesu, Sralan Neak, Jainoi, Dautansuo, Jesus loves you. Jane, Please go to heaven. My mom, is a, she's not fluent in Cambodian. So she only knows this, this phrase. She just loves you. Jane, please go to heaven. All of a sudden, that kind of dead body, the tears kind of dribbling. And then just running nose and all the students coming out and then after my parents just wash her face and then just wipe out all her tears and everything, and then they came back to church. And then they heard that after three or few minutes, just a few minutes later, she passed away. We do not know whether or not she received Jesus or not, but for my parents, they have a desire to check her name when they get to heaven. How was all of this possible? This is possible because of the blood of Jesus Christ. This is possible. This was possible because of the blood of Jesus Christ. The source of the life was poured out on our dead souls. Let's look forward to his coming and be grateful for our Lord's what he has done for us. Let us pray. Lord, while seeing the rebellion of the Israelites, we may feel angry, but when we look back at our own lives and reflect, the truth is that we are rebellious people. As rebellious people, you, Lord, came into our lives to make us be able to hear and understand the word of God. Through the outpouring of your blood of life into our hearts, we became new people. If we have forgotten this grace and are overwhelmed by the thoughts of the rebellious crowded, think 
like the people of the present world who want to be easy, rich, and successful, have longed for this world rather than long for eternal life. O Lord, we pray that you would wash and cleanse our hearts again with the blood of your life. Lord, we are deeply grateful for your love, and we look forward to a continual fellowship and relationship with you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.